You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our penultimate edition of this season's Pubs, Pints, People. My name is Ant Fiorillo, and I'm here with my co-presenters, as ever, Claire Phillips and Matt Bundy. Hello, guys. How are we? Very All right, well, thank kids. you. All is, right, is that Manchester enough for you? Manchester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble. I know it. <laughs> I, I couldn't be further away from Manchester. I'm, as, uh, as we're recording this, I'm actually on holiday on the south coast. So I could not be any further away, I don't think. <laughs> and I am from a Scouse family. So, you know, the Manchester, like, the, we're getting some great stories about Manchester pubs this time. And, and, it's, and it's converting me, I've got to say, to Manchester. Well, so, um, I am pretty much in God's own country here because I am a Manchester lad so I'm allowed to be as oasis as I want to be <laughs> <laughs> and of course we've, we've only got one more episode this season I, I just can't believe where the time's gone and I should say actually at this point if you've enjoyed the podcast and you're interested in getting involved perhaps as a, a correspondent or as a producer yeah you could try producing us three good luck with that one <laughs> or, or in any other way that you fancy contributing then do get in touch you can drop us an email it's podcast at camera.org uk and uh, we're always looking for people to fill new roles so just drop us a line and this is a new one for us there's actually some paid uh, jobs going at camera at the moment if you're looking for a new job you want to get involved with the wonderful work uh, at camera then apparently there's two openings right now and you can check those out in the job opportunities section of the website and i'm just gonna this i think this is going to be one of those slightly annoyingly long web links that i'm never going to read out correctly uh, but here it goes it's at camera.org.uk forward slash about forward slash work with us forward slash job opportunities it, it it's sometimes like there's been a bag of scrabble letters and somebody's just picked out a web address and i love it i think they're doing it now just to challenge me and i enjoy that very much well you, and, and rise to the challenge you certainly do mr bundy and speaking of long urls i'm gonna have a little stab because we've got on the 20th of november um a closing date to mention here and it's the closing date for you to nominate your local for a prestigious award in the pub design awards competition now you can find out more and submit a nomination on deep breath camera.org.uk forward slash pubs hyphen and hyphen clubs forward slash awards forward slash pub hyphen design hyphen awards forward slash 
<sighs> Did I get that right? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the hyphens on mine. Are the hyphens important? I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know what's real. Just, just, just go on the web. Yeah. Just Google it. I don't know. <laughs> guys, guys, just relax. Both of those links are in the podcast notes. There's no oh. one to remember them by heart. Listener, <laughs> if you... She waited for us to reel them off first. Man. If, you, if you didn't mean? have a pen and paper to hand to write it all down, they are in the podcast notes. So, so, so really don't worry. And um, just turning away from the, the virtual world for a moment to a real-life book... The Good Beer Guide 2022 is out now and uh, I, I did actually see a copy in a pub the other day and it's all lovely and blue and I touched it and it was all new and, and new book-like, which is always lovely. And the forward this year is written by the singer and publican James Blunt, who's also a really funny guy if you've seen his Twitter feed or seen him interviewed. It looks gorgeous. I mean, it caught my eye as I walked on by. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, there's actually there's a, there's a ton of interesting information inside, of course, as always. Um, but I've been given an interesting stat from this uh, uh, this year's edition. Did you know that nationwide brewery numbers have increased after a drop last year, and we're now seeing the highest number of breweries on record? That's great news for customer choice, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed picture, though, isn't it? Because because different regions are reporting um, a mixture of closures and brewery openings two years on from the start of the coronavirus pandemic. But we have heard in previous podcasts how breweries have struggled, but how some are really coming through and fighting against it. Yeah, we know that brewers aren't out of the woods yet. I mean, there are issues around the rising costs of goods, lack of business rate relief, the small brewers relief reform and although the chancellor did smile favorably on beer duty in in the budget as we heard in the last episode of the podcast it did tend to favor larger beer producers because of this thing about the 40 liter container size limit and camera is lobbying hard for that to be reduced to cover the 20 and 30 liter kegs that the smaller producers tend to favor as we heard with uh, our chief executive in the last podcast and there's a consultation out on some of the measures in the budget as well to get um, involved with i mean my 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 preferred drinking beer glass is 40 litres in size so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much drinking brewish straight out of production <laughs> you're fine yeah you have to get two of the cakes to make it into the glass so like, if anything they should increase <laughs> well anyway so you can get your hands on the good beer guide at discounted price on hang on a minute there's another address I'm not getting fooled by this again the link is in the podcast notes I'm not reading out another link <laughs> and while you're shopping around with Christmas fast approaching check out the other books in the store see if you've got someone like me who would love a present hint hint mum and dad i know you listen uh who would like to receive some fascinating beer or cider related reading and i can't emphasize cider related reading mum enough <laughs> <laughs> now one more announcement on the parish notes before we get into the theme this week and that is that we have another guided online tasting and this is led by roger Prots. we all love and know roger on the show uh, and, and certainly those at camera will know who he is and this is on january the 20th something for the new year to look forward to get your fresh diaries out and get it penciled in now roger if you don't know is the author of world beer guide as well as several other beer related titles so the way these tastings work is that you'll receive a box of five specially selected beers in the mail and then on the evening you'll connect into a call with roger and he'll guide you through the tasting now in his own words he'll be charting different beer scenes key players and styles available across the globe and you can buy your tickets that include the box of beer on the link in the podcast notes again this would make a fabulous christmas gift for the beer drinkers in your life 
And actually, while we're talking of great writers, we should probably just quickly announce the shortlist for the Guild of, of Beer Writers has just come out for their annual awards for 2021. I think the awards are actually announced on the 2nd of December, but Camera looks like it's done fairly well in, in the yeah. nominations and shortlist. Indeed, I'm just looking at some of the categories here. So corporate communications, we've got um, our friends Laura Hadland, camera, 50 years of camera, talk to look about that book. And Alex Metcalf, obviously regular contributor to the podcast for Learn and Discover. Um, best book about beer or pubs, Matthew Curtis, modern British beer. Uh, Pete Brown, beer by design, I've got that one. And best young beer writer and best beer writer regional media, a nomination for Matthew Rogers, who does Camera Angle, which is a wonderfully pummed, which is for <laughs> Camera Berkshire Southeast. So fingers crossed for, for all of those for the awards night. But let's get down to business now because today's theme, it's our Beer City. Last season, of course, we looked at London for our very first Beer City episode, which you can listen back to on any podcast platform. This time we're heading north to Manchester to learn why it's a flipping amazing place for beer enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to hear later from Paul Jones, who is the owner and co-founder of Cloudwater Brew Company. But first of all, Owen Ralph is talking to Steve. Steve Dunkley, who's the founder of Beer Nouveau. And if you don't know them already, Beer Nouveau specialises in historic and heritage beers, and they've established their reputation by researching and reviving beer recipes from as, as far back as the Vikings and even ancient Egypt. And listen out, because Steve and Owen talk about loads of great real ale locations in the city as well. You join us here beneath a railway arch off the wonderfully named Temperance Street. Steve, just tell us a bit about the history of here, because it's not quite as teetotal as you might think, is it? No, the temperance movement, when they started out, weren't totally against alcohol. They were just against spirits, really, and overindulgence, shall we say. So they set out to just get people to just drink beer, because it was seen as a healthy drink back then. It was a good, solid drink for good, solid workers. So they set up, and they were really quite big in this area, and they had their own pubs, beer and they ended up having their own coffee houses as well the fact that they became teetotal and you know invented the word teetotal was just um, a guy was at a meeting with a stammer and he says I'm t- totally against um, alcohol so the teetotal just picked up from there but at the time it was a, a very big very popular thing amongst most people and in Manchester especially because I think it was around this area sort of like Lancashire area that they started up so yeah we've got a temperance street in Manchester and I've got a brewery on it <laughs> and you're not the only ones, No, um, Manchester Bruco, back onto it. Nearby we've got Squawk as well, just over the road we've got Manchester Union Brewery, they back onto it as well, Alphabet, Wonder Beyond so there's a few of us around this area, yeah And you're not from Manchester originally but you do think Manchester's the greatest beer city in the UK? In the world <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can be completely unbiased about it, I mean yes, there's cities I've not gone out drinking in but the vast majority of cities people tell me, I say, this is the best beer city it's for one particular thing, I mean if I to you know, honestly admit which is the best city for car scale, it's either going to be Norwich or Sheffield. But Manchester's not too bad for car scale, it's getting even better now as well. But if you wanted something that's got really good breweries and really good pubs, and you pick a style of beer that you want and a style of pub that you want, Manchester's got it in abundance. It's got a wide range of breweries, it's got a lot of breweries, and they're producing all manner of styles of beers that you can imagine, right the way through from you know me doing 
heritage traditional beers in wooden casks through to the more unusual ones like uh, Balance Blending and Brewing who they brewed the work at one brewery and then they transferred to another where they got their barrel store and they're just aging it all in wooden barrels and they're just basically aging and blending beers and they can hold their own with some of the best sort of like Lambic brewers on the continent and we've also got you know Manchester Union they're just pure lager you name a style and crowd again it's just you know they're IPAs they're world renowned and so yeah we've got it all here you can any particular style you want we've got it any particular type of pub or bar that you think you can picture in your mind your perfect pub and we've got enough here to make a pub crawl that you won't even get around in a day so <laughs> it's um, it's a great city for beer tours actually there's still four family brewers quite it's, big family yeah, brewers yeah. Holtz, Heist, Robinsons and Lees I mean, which is unique I don't think there's anywhere else in the country that has more than one family brewer if they have a family brewer left at all I mean I'm originally from Peterborough we don't have any brewers around there so for the four brewers to have actually survived is really quite unique in this area and they're still active breweries as well they've all still got their pub chains they produce decent quality beer that they put into these and they work with the rest of the smaller brewers as well a couple of years ago I think it was during lockdown Blackjack needed a load of casks cleaning and their cask washer broke down so Holtz just across the road turned around to them and said well we're not using ours as much at the moment come on over so they did they just took fan loads of their casks over to one of the family brewers and used all of their really big high quality equipment just to clean all of their casks and it's the sort of thing you think well hang on it's, this is like competitors and you yeah. know the bigger brewers and the smaller brewers don't, don't get on well ah, you do you know we don't always agree on things but yeah there's a lot of camaraderie between us we'll, all, we'll always help each other out if we can and you talk about there being all types of beer styles available mm. uh, years ago when I was a lad Boddington's was a big brewery yep. they're gone now but yep. you and others have tried to recreate their yeah, big I, bitter haven't you yeah I mean mine uh, has a body snatcher is based on a 1960s Boddington's recipe I think Marble's Pint is very similar to it as well and a few of the other breweries around here we, we produce that style of beer because it is a very popular style of beer in this area I'd say it's a proper English pale ale it's a light easy drinking lightly hopped pale and it's the sort of beer that you can sit down and you can just drink it all day and then I've had many a session on Marble's Pine and yeah it's a very pleasant drink I think that's why um, the multinational I can't remember which multinational it was that bought at Boddington's but that's why they bought it because it was a brand that would be they could turn into yeah. a brand and sell globally which they still do and just tell me about your heritage beers you, you actually brew in wooden casks don't you yeah all my casks are wood casks it's only the two of us in the country I believe that are only wood cask I think it's just me and Sam Smith that only use wood casks and we're complete opposite ends of the spectrum here it's, you know I've got my little kit in here and he's got his you know chain of pubs and his massive <laughs> brewery yeah. in Tancaster and his brewery in Stamford and all the things so yeah I kind of started the commercial brewing to prove that beers in history and for me at the time it was in the 70s 80s and 90s weren't as bad as people sort of like remember them so it kind of took off from there and while doing that you kind of realised that the recipes that we're looking at didn't look quite right until you then started taking into consideration the equipment that they were using at the time including the wooden casks I now brew those older recipes and put them into wood casks as they would have been done and it's a completely different beer than if you just brewed up the old recipe and stick it into a steel cask so it just rounds it off and it makes it a, a much better, much more accurate recreation to it. And people like it. 
And people donate their hops to you. Yeah, we've got that as well, the <laughs> Manchester Hop Project. I'm drinking one of those beers at the moment, actually. People grow their hops in their gardens and their allotments. They bring them into us and we brew beer with it and then give them some beer back in exchange for the hops that they bring in. There's this sort of project all over the country. And you, you host some people here who do something similar with cider. And, yes. Something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Street Cidery is based out of my arch. It's quite a busy arch considering it's not huge. But yeah, we do the same with that. It was originally died by the Moss Cider Project, which is the best name going. It's really, a great it's, pun, isn't it? It's brilliant. I hate puns, but that one I really love. But the idea is that there's a lot of apples that go to waste every year, mostly because people have got these big old trees sat in the garden, or they buy a house and there's an apple tree in it. And after five or six years, you get a lot of apples off the tree, more than you can eat. I mean, one of our donors brings us in a quarter of a ton of Bramleys every year, and that's a lot of apples. And yeah, they can't handle that. So we take it, we convert it into cider or into apple juice. And then in the same way with hops, we give them a certain amount of cider back in exchange for the apples. So it's Temperance Street Cider, Steelfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steelfish hired the Temperance Street Brewery kit, which is another one that's in here. So Temperance Street Brewery have their own brewing equipment on site that they hire out to homebrewers looking to go commercial or people just starting up. They can get up and running as a commercial brewery without having to spend now a lot of money up front on premises, equipment, licenses and all that. We take care of that so that they're then able to know whether it's actually going to work as a business before they then spend all of that money and sign all the contracts that they've got to do. What would you say are some of the best places to drink in Manchester? It's down to personal preference. I've got two kind of favourite pubs that I like going into, depending on what sort of mood I'm in and who I'm with. Um, One of them is the City Arms. It's a great little old-fashioned boozer. Uh, The reason I like it is if my dad's ever visiting, he only drinks Guinness, just not interested in anything else unless it's rum. So you can go into the City Arms and they've got Guinness on draft, they've got Stella on on draft. It's one of the mainstream lagers they've got on which would normally kind of put you off a place, but they also have a really good range of really well-kept car scale and a good smaller selection of the, sort of like the modern craft stuff. So there is a really good selection of whatever you fancy. It's in there. And the other one, I would say, is the Smithville Tavern, which is the Blackjack Pub. They've managed to create a modern backstreet boozer. It's a very difficult place to describe. You can go in there and it looks like a modern pub, but done very sympathetically to the old building. But they've got bar billiards in there, they've got skittle table, they've got a dartboard, got a really good range of beers in there as well. And it, it feels like a, a modern bar, you know, the, the sort that are kind of, you know, ordered out of an Ikea catalogue by, by bulk. Yeah. I would say it's the best example of a modern pub yeah. that you're going to get. And it's, it's just a really nice thing. The staff are great, they're really nice people. They can help guide you through the beers, and it is a beer drunkard's pub. And then if you want it, there's more clinical, crafty places as well. Isn't oh, there? yeah, yeah, there's loads. I mean, most of the brewery's got their own tap rooms now yeah. as well, which is brilliant. So if you want to get seriously nerdy about beer, you can walk into most of the tap rooms, and most of the tap rooms have actually got people behind the bar who either work in the brewery occasionally or at least know about brewing, and they almost all know about the beers that they're serving, which is something that you really kind of need. And, and it's worth saying they're all quite near here around Piccadilly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're, in, yeah. they're in two clumps. Um, around here, you've got Cloudwater, Track, Alphabet, Manchester Union and us. And by the Victoria Station, the other side of town, you've got Blackjack, Beatniks, 
and Grub, uh, which isn't really a tap room, but it's got a really good range of beers and a lot of street food. Yeah. We, we all kind of consider them part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> and then we should just mention two beer festivals in particular. Yeah. You've, got, you've got Cameras Winter Festival and then yeah. the Indie Man Beer Club yeah. at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah, it's, again, two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. The, the Cloudwater one is very much about bringing world-renowned breweries into Manchester alongside a couple of the local ones. And the Camera one is really just highlighting a lot of the local breweries and a lot of what they produce but also alongside that you've got one of the best cider bars in any beer festival regardless of if it's Camel or Specialist you've also got a great range of modern sort of like cake beers there and some of the old family brewers from around the country are there as well it's one of the sort of beer festivals that you can again I think it kind of highlights what Manchester's like as a drinking city you can imagine what you want to drink and it's there and there's a good range of it Fantastic. I absolutely, I really enjoyed that interview and not just for introducing me to the fantastic pun that is the Moss Cider Project. Yeah. I absolutely love that. That is right up my street. Uh, it's just wonderful to hear a man talking with passion for what he does. You, you know, and I never knew actually that there were only two wood cask breweries in the UK. It's amazing to think that when wood and casks are obviously kind of part and parcel of the traditional beer heritage. Mm, and you've got to love the concept of the Manchester Hop Project with people donating their homegrown ops to small brewers like Steve. Awesome idea. And if I remember rightly, it was something we uh, touched on when I interviewed uh, for the Great British Beer Festival in the Mm. virtual world last year. Well, we're only here for the beer, of course, looks at our our favourite pubs and pubs that we'd we'd like to find out more about um, as featured in the Good Beer Guide. Of course, we're we're still referring to the 2021 edition. I'm sure it won't be too long before we're looking at the the 2022 edition. Steve's favourite pub in Manchester is the City Arms, which seems to have a great selection of both cask and craft on offer and Smithfield Tavern as well. So do you have any Manchester pubs or or brewery taps um that uh, you particularly like or, or the ones that he mentioned perhaps well i mean i've got to agree with steve straight off the bat that the smithfield market tavern is an absolute delight to drink in um i'm gonna go for oh god i mean you are so spot for choice in manchester it's unreal as a manchester lad i mean not only have you got all the pubs but you've got some fantastic breweries as well and so i think i'm going to choose for my only here for the beer northern monk refectory because if you know northern monk as a brewery you'll know that their ales are absolutely delicious so of course it makes perfect sense that the changing beers in there are often by northern monk um but they you know they're originally from from leeds this is their outlet over in manchester in the city and you know the bar is in the room to the left as you walk in you've got these lovely hand pumps just glaring at you inviting you in and then there's 18 keg lines in this place so the interior's got all of your wooden floorboards that mixture of booth seating and high tables um, and if you're in there nice and early, they do a banging breakfast. Really good, that. Well, my choice is um, a Manchester pub, of course. Um, it's called Cask, and I'm not just including it because it's on Liverpool Road, so I get my little <laughs> uh, scarves uh, digging there. But it's described in the, um, in, in the guide as deceptively deep pub. I don't know whether that's philosophically or just it. Um, it's on a lot of floors that go down. But um, in the heart of Castlefield, it's an excellent cask ale. And I, I love this. It says you, you can have takeouts from the excellent chippy next door. Sounds cracking. That, that sounds great. I'm actually I'm not that familiar with Manchester. Um, I did ask a friend of mine who lives in the Stockport area what I should recommend in. We're only here for the beer. Um, and, and he 
told me that Jake's Ale House in Stockport is a micro pub which opened oh, yeah. in 2017. Uh, it's dog friendly. It has five or six ales on. Um, it suggests on its website that it offers a camera discount as well. Um, sadly, though, it wasn't in in the book, so I'm not sure whether I should really include it. So I, I'm going to move away from Manchester for my We're Only Here for the Beer selection this week. And um, because... I'm on holiday at the moment on the south coast. I went to a micropub in Rye just the other day called The Waterworks. Used to be an old pump house. It's been a public conveniences and now it's a micropub. Um, all the beers are local. They come from within 30 miles of, of the pub. It is fantastic. It's full of all this sort of bric-a-brac and curios and antiques and things as well. I was, I was oh, quite yeah. taken by a miniature suit of armour. I thought, <laughs> you know, another, another couple of pints and I've been saying, mm, I think that'll come home with me if I've just got a <laughs> hundred and whatever... <laughs> And I can, I can imagine that that's how quite a lot of the stuff in there does get, get sold. But it, it's a brilliant place. Uh, that's where I saw my copy of the, the Good Beer Guide. I think it's been in the last three editions. Um, it's dog friendly, really friendly, really welcoming. Um, lots of ciders as well. I think 12 ciders. Oof. And uh, yeah, fantastic place. Uh, and we only managed to stumble across it because another favourite pub in the area was actually shut on, on the day that we were visiting the town. So a bit of a chance find, but a really good chance find. Oh yeah, nice one. Sounds cracking. Sounds like a road trip. Manchester to Rye. On yes. A, on a round trip. I love it. We're all in one day. <laughs> it is time now for our second interview. And it's time to speak to, I think, one of the real pioneers in the Manchester craft scene. One of my favourites, Cloudwater. Yeah. Um, as, as you may know, their philosophy is to take inspiration from the community and involved in some wonderful community projects and fantastic charity projects as well. And I think it's really appropriate for Manchester, that community feel because we've heard in our first interview haven't we about what an amazingly close community of brewers there is working together in the city um, and now we'll hear Alison Tafts talking to the owner and co-founder of Cloudwater Paul Jones uh, about how Cloudwater and the Manchester scene were a marriage made in heaven. So the first question I have to ask you um I know what a special city Manchester is. I've been lucky enough to work there on a number of occasions and I'm really interested in your take. What's so special about Manchester as a beer city? So as a beer city, we've got a long history uh, that obviously goes all the way back to the great number of family brewers we have. I think we've got a higher concentration of successful family and regional breweries here than just about any other leading beer city in the UK. Uh, So that's one wonderful historical context. And then coming a coming to a little bit more of our recent history the microbrewery scene in Manchester um, throughout the 80s 90s and, and arguably up until the uh, current day was also one of the most vibrant microbrewing scenes I mean West Coast um, Brewery taught upon Medlock about uh, quite literally seven or eight minutes walk away from where I, I'm sat right now was brewing uh, Yakima hop forward uh, pale ales uh, before they were really moving the needle and before people were really turned on to the bold flavours and wonderful flavours in, in American hops for example so we've got this wonderful rich history, I think it's quite unique I don't think anywhere else in the country quite has the that that history of innovation um, and that history um, of, of pushing boundaries so uh, that's the sort of context that we you know that we arrived uh, into really as a brewery and, and we've just tried to 
distill a lot of the things that we feel are really valuable about beer and really valuable about um, innovation within beer and, and, and hit the gas as much as we could, really. It's lovely when you've got that long history and a yep. more recent history that's inspiring, as you say, you know, getting into those American hops before they were really anywhere else. Yep. So, uh, you know, obviously you have said before in the past that you're inspired by the Bermondsey uh, craft beer scene that that beer mile and of course you've now got your tap room in Enid Street in the midst of it all now but what specifically has been inspiring you about Manchester more recently? Yeah so I think I think one of the things that we do really well as a city is we're quite close and there's a lot of great friendships in the craft brewing community here we tend to bump into each other a lot or make plans to spend time with each other and and so across what what you could argue would be divides in other industries uh, with brewers that are making beers for quite different reasons for ease of drinking or for price point or for accessibility through uh, cask pubs or with a single sort of style focus i mean we've got a very very rich variety of breweries here in Manchester and we've got a, a I would argue a, a really really close scene at that uh, we can all pick up the phone and we do pick up the phone to each other um, and I think that's really complemented through our the routes to market that we have uh, we've got very very forward-thinking uh, pubs and, and bars and bottle shops and that also feels like a pretty cohesive scene too um, so Manchester's a you know very ambitious city it's often delivered way beyond its size way beyond its means uh it's you know it's it's moved the needle in countless different ways obviously far back in its history uh with industrial innovations and revolutions uh more recently obviously with a great deal of cultural contribution through music and art um and and now it feels like manchester's really starting to come into its own in terms of being an extremely livable city you can walk across it from one side to the other north east south or west in about half an hour um but then you've got all these wonderful little pockets and neighborhoods that are really really starting to develop charming and wonderful and attractive scenes of their own so i think think manchester's key attribute at this point in time is community spirit um and also really really having to work hard uh to to punch out of the the north and gain national and international attention i think that's always been something that's aided us here you know without without a great deal of press on our doorstep um we've had to work really really hard to make sure that we're visible um and that our good work is visible too so i think that kind of keeps us all grounded definitely uh causes us to work exceptionally hard um, to make that national impact um, and I think that that all of that energy then just carries further than uh, this nation's confines to uh, to Europe and, and the rest of the world arguably I mean there's a lot of people that are now paying attention to Manchester as a scene as a city um, I'd argue that you know the innovations that we've brought through ourselves as a brewery have done a great deal uh, to also shine a light on the rest of the innovation that's happening around us here too yeah, certainly punches above its weight as a city and I love to talk to Mancunians and they're so clearly proud of, of Manchester and what it is and the people uh, that that kind of comes through. If there is a particular beer at the moment that you would say actually that sums up what Manchester is all about, could you pick one for me? 
I don't think I would pick one. I think I would probably pick a small selection. Um, I think I'd probably pick whatever Pictish's l- latest peer is. Pictish has been an absolute stalwart. Um, they're, they're, they're a bit of a sort of point-in-time brewery. They've, they've got a, a characteristic and, and they're really firm um, around that, but they make appearances all the time in some of our best pubs in the city. So they kind of keep us grounded. They, they really help us to um, bear in mind and remember all of the breweries that they were doing business with back when they first founded um that created that wonderful rich vibrant microbrewing scene um and then I, I would definitely point to um a number of more modern beers i would point to blackjack's pilsner uh, blackjack were um bit of a rough and tumble cask brewery uh they have been working really really hard on um bringing in um, expertise, uh, advancing their staff, um, and really kind of cleaning up their whole processes. And their Pilsner is an absolute testament to that. It's phenomenal. I will point to Runaway's IPA. And then, of course, our local most neighbours and, and arguably our, our our closest chums in the scene here, Track. Uh, you know, you look at... Uh, it, would be, it would be most predictable, I think, for me to say Sonoma. But I think when you look at what Track's doing to expand its style range and and work in styles that it hasn't necessarily worked in before i think tracker um are gaining the attention that they deserve so i would i would put a spread of manchester's offerings in front of you and and you know if i'm honest with you there'd probably have to be a half a holtz's bitter in there somewhere as well uh, because whilst it's great to have that connection through pictish and other um very very local uh microbreweries it is of course extremely wonderful to be in a city where you know you can go and get a, a pint of mpa or holtz's bitter um, and it is always perfect and ridiculously fresh uh, so they, you know that that's what we've got to offer where it's a very small scale but really almost the full length and breadth of excellent british beer um can be can be uh, uh, accessed with ease any night of the week here in this city and i think that's one of the reasons why people love coming here yeah it sounds amazing i have to say i'm really now looking forward to making my next trip <laughs> i've got a list there that's quite inspiring um <laughs> so brilliant so you've touched on a few things there about innovation and trends and obviously mindful that you were very innovative and remain innovative obviously with one of the first breweries to use 440 mil cans among many other things what do you think that the kind of next trends are coming along down the down the line so i think really the next big innovation is something that we've been working on for um, for years now already Cloud Water is a company that's staffed 50% by women and 80% of our leadership uh, positions and management positions uh, are occupied by women and so the reason that that's really important to us is we are embodying our values we're correcting the gender bias um, and, and, and arguably the sort of male domination of beer um, and we're making strong and determined efforts through that to approach our wider communities here in Manchester, elsewhere in the UK um, you know fr- from a sense of wanting to be more inclusive 
be more in touch with what people really want, how they want to enjoy their time together, how they want to enjoy beer, types of beer they want to be enjoying. Um, so I think that next big trend in beer full stop is going to be a broadening of what beer is what it needs to be uh, who it serves and, and the context within which beer plays an important role in people's relaxation and enjoyment I think there probably are still plenty of innovations to come with the, the beer itself but I, I don't think that's the thing that's as exciting to me as realising this transformation of what the beer industry looks like what it feels like how inclusive it is i think that's something that i find far more exciting because when i go back to any of the experiences that i've had over the years whether they're whether they've been experiences in hospitality settings or beer settings here in the uk or elsewhere i've always been most inspired to be in a room full of very very happy fulfilled people um, and i think a lot of the work that we've been putting in and a lot of the work that the wider industry is now facing uh, especially this year especially in light of all the reports that have surfaced um, online I think there's a real phenomenal opportunity for craft beer and the wider beer industry to become that wonderful relaxing inclusive feel-good space and for that space to be a place of real joy for for more and more people and uh, and that that to me that to me is the really exciting innovation project that i stay as focused as i can on well that sounds incredibly inspiring as a as a a female working in hospitality and drinks for the last 20 plus years i'm really so glad to hear people speaking about this and really starting to adjust that uh, the culture internally and as you say it's great to hear people already uh, doing that work uh, like you have been there i just want to say how excited i have been about some of the innovations uh, that uh, you've been producing and as a londoner coming up to manchester um where should i go for a drink where should i go for a beer in your amazing beer city you're coming up from london you're going to be arriving into piccadilly and i would probably start you off with a bit of a walk either to ancoats new islington and start off at cask they're a phenomenal bar one of our local most but also favorite bars in the city they've got something for everybody whether you like german lager whether you like fresh hoppy beer whether you want a perfect pint of cask beer they've really got you covered and of course their fridge is also full of belgian classics and continental classics so that's a great shout i think it's really important to enjoy manchester with various stops there are a great many places that you can walk into and just feel completely settled and quite like you just want to stay there the whole evening but i think if you want to get a sense of what manchester's up to at the minute a multi-stop evening is uh, highly recommended it sounds wonderful again it's just rapidly rising up my list of uh, travel destinations <laughs> you've well and truly whetted my appetite and i'm sure Good. everyone else will hear, enjoy hearing that list thanks very much for having me on and thanks for letting me talk i love talking about manchester and i love talking about our scene so i hope you found that useful Well, Alison was very ambitious asking Paul to summarise Manchester in one beer, but do you know what? I loved his summary of a selection of great beers. Wouldn't it be great to have a similar list for other beer cities? I feel then an idea coming on Immy Waters here and all mm. the steps that they've taken to be more inclusive and correct the gender imbalance in beer. Really, really important. We've banged that drum here on the podcast before and we'll continue to bang it. I think it makes a massive difference. 
Absolutely. And while I guess all of us are enthusiastic beer drinkers, we have to accept that year on year people are actually drinking less beer. But hopefully, probably that means they drink less factory produced beer and they're actually after quality real and craft ales and quality ciders as well, of course. So I think innovative companies like Cloudwater are doing great work to spread the appeal of beers to a wider audience. And I think that starts by showing there are opportunities for everyone in the beer making industry, as well as the beer drinking audience. Yeah, and they've got an interesting um, innovation, haven't they? The cloud water soda. Mm. And I bet we've all been in the situation where, you know, with a designated driver one evening, and, and uh, certainly in the past, I think even still now in a lot of places, it's difficult to find a decent non-alcoholic beverage in a pub it's a real challenge and so i'm going to check out um the cloud water soda and it's actually really worth reading an open letter um about the creation of it uh, by paul and anya and that's on their website um cloudwaterbrew.co because they talk about how they've had a really tricky legal challenge from fosters about the kind of the identity and how they're kind of battling and why they believe that um offering this is a really important step to what they do and how they're kind of having to battle on so that's really worth a read well we are gradually cantering towards the end of this week's episode and our look at manchester and it's time for our archive dive and unusually we're going to go back just a couple of years to what's brewing january 2019 and this was the article that covered the launch of the pilot education space at the manchester beer festival do you remember this um, now that pilot became what we now see as a fabulous learning and development section of the camera website. And it's a really brilliant resource because if you haven't checked it out already, you do need to set aside some time to do that because I can assure you that there really is something for everyone there. Beginners right through to experienced beer and cider aficionados. It's totally free. The quality of every module is fantastic. And I think we can safely say that L&D has achieved its goal to be the go-to source for information on beer and cider for the beer brewing and pub industry as well as for enthusiasts like the three of us and you know what i like doing with that D section a little confession i like going in and making up my pub quizzes with all the literature oh, oh, that's, yeah. oh, well, it's for free it's for everyone you know exactly. it's all good. hey well the next time you're in a pub you never know you might just be able to get the answer I love that. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, it's ding, ding, last orders, isn't it? Um, and we've got to pick some cracking beer ciders or perries uh, for our penultimate episode, haven't we? What have you been enjoying and drinking this week? Well, again, um, I'm really sorry that I can't pick a, a, a beer brewed in, in Manchester. And uh, I would have sought one out if I'd been a little nearer to Manchester or, or able to, to get some. But I, I've really been spoilt for choice by Kent and Sussex beers this week. And I'm going to pick Brew Mason, who are a brewery based in Tombridge in Kent. Uh, they have a 1770 Porter it's a London porter, very malty, with hints of chocolate and coffee. It's uh, it's won a silver award, a regional award from Seba. It's a 4.7% porter. It is really lovely. Can't recommend it strongly enough. And uh, first time I'd ever, ever seen it, never mind drunk it. And um, yeah, absolutely lovely. Well, it seems we're on a similar wavelength this week, Claire, because I was all geared up to go for a, a, some, some classic Manchester uh, staples and favourites, particularly, you know me, I'm, I'm a, I love me Robinson's Ales and I've gone for pretty much any one of those. Perhaps Wizard would have been the choice this week. I'm actually going to see family this weekend after we've recorded this episode and I shall certainly be heading to have some of my faves. But I am going for another Kent brewer, uh, Shepherd Neem. And the reason I'm going for that is because right now as we sit here recording, I've opened a bottle of their Late Red. Now, if there's something I love 
about real ale in, in the year is, is when we get to autumn. I love an autumn ale. They don't tend to stick around for very long before all the flavours of Christmas come rolling into the pumps. But autumn ales have a special place in my heart. And I've got this bottle of late red in my hand. I've put it into my camera glass. And it is as described. It's gorgeous. Hints of toffee, tropical fruit, and this real peppery finish. And you know you know a peppery finish? It gives that sort of like lip-smacking taste in the back of the mouth and for an autumn ale it is absolutely delightful so my beer of the week is late red by shepherd neem i love that you're taking me on a journey there but i am i have actually saved face for manchester uh, <laughs> celebration of manchester this week. i do have a manchester brewed beer in my hand uh beat nick's republic who do a lot of great work uh, in Manchester. I was reading a lot about it uh, as we were researching the Manchester beer scene. And this one is a, is a punchy little number in celebration of the clocks changing and the darker nights. It's called Fade to Darkness. Uh, and it is 11.8%. Is. Wow. <laughs> so we better finish this podcast quick because it's beginning to... <laughs> we're just getting past the watershed, aren't we? You need to hurry up. <laughs> Straight out there. So it's actually a chocolate coconut and vanilla imperial stout. Oh, uh, oh. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It is wonderful uh, and very strong. Yeah, I had something very similar from my Beer 52 box the other month. We were in Croatia, I think it was last month. And we were Croatia, there yeah. was the um There was the uh, coconut and tonka bean milk stout. Yum, yum. Mm. Oh, actually, my, my, I think I think we WhatsApped each other, didn't we, Matt, the other day? We've got our advent calendars. They've come in for the December month. I've been desperately trying to not open that first box, but it's just looking at me in the corner. I can't help it. <laughs> I've had to put mine in the shed so I can't just be tempted. <laughs> Stay away. Well, listen, folks, we really hope you've enjoyed listening to us. As Matt said, we've got one episode before the end of the year, so we'll be all about the what and who of 2022 for that one. We'll be hearing from people in the know to hear the scoop on who to look out for and all these individual newcomers as well as the emerging brewery and cider producing stars. Listen, there's lots to look forward to next year. We're getting into the holiday season. People are starting to talk about Christmas and Christmas shopping, but for now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Here's to the beer. Have a great one and we'll speak to you all very soon. Cheers! Cheers! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How does a free case of beer sound? Yes, you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash people. That's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95. And what's more, as a special offer for our listeners, they'll throw in two extra beers for free. So that's 10 unique craft beers. Beer52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world. Each month, they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world, and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from across the continent. So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Durges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia... Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. So head over to www.beer52, that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now.